Welcome to Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. On this podcast, we journey through the devastating experience of the death of a child. Grief is seldom discussed openly in our culture, and the death of a child makes people feel even more uncomfortable. We approach the topic openly and honestly, speaking to people who have lost loved ones and experts who help care for them. Whether you are a parent experiencing loss or someone who wants to support another going through this tragedy, this podcast strives to offer hope and help. Welcome to episode 169 of Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. I'm Marcy Larson, Andy's Mom. I don't want to go into too much of an introduction today because, as you can tell, we go quite a bit over, but know that I absolutely love every second of this interview with Derek when he talks about his son, Micah, and I just know you will really appreciate all of the wonderful insights that he has. I do want to take a second to talk about the next upcoming live stream that Gwen and I have scheduled. That is scheduled for Tuesday, December 20th at 7 p.m., and that's really going over some last-minute Christmas kind of information or um, help. Gwen has titled it, Taking a Pause Before the Claws Comes to Town, Last-Minute Tips to Survive the Holiday. So we certainly hope that a lot of people will tune in and certainly come with any questions that you may have for us regarding this upcoming holiday and how to really survive and get through it. One other thing I want to bring up is the fact that if you would like to be on the podcast, please email me. Usually I have about a month's worth of recordings done ahead of time. And right now I have one week scheduled. So I do have a few feelers out for some people that I had heard were interested, but know that I don't have anything really scheduled. So if you felt a little bit of a nudging that you might want to share your story, now is the time. So email me at marcy at andysmom.com and be sure to know that I will get back to you. For now, though, just sit back and enjoy listening to Derek, Micah's dad. Thank you so much, Derek, for coming on the Always Andy's Mom podcast today. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, absolutely. I am excited to have uh, Dad on because it's been a little while. I mean, for a while, I felt like I was having Dads on quite consistently, but now we've had a little bit of a gap, so it's nice to get a Dad's perspective again. So thank you for doing that for me as well. Thank you. Uh, that's the one thing that caught my attention when I was watching or not watching, listening to your podcast, there were so few dads out there. And I understand Mm -hmm. that, you know, the male perspective, I understand, but I think it's needed. At least I needed it. And the men that, that was interviewed before me, thank you very much to those of you that done that. Uh, I appreciate it. You don't know how much your husband helped me so much. The first, the first, episode was just to hear him talking. And, and one of the things he said, just, he said, when he woke up one day and anticipated, basically he's talking about anticipating tomorrow or anticipating living. Uh, he knew that he was healing. And so uh, that, that gave me comfort because I wasn't there yet. And yeah. I, I, I can, I can anticipate that happening. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is nice when you can, hear from someone who's a little bit ahead of you on that journey and think, 
okay, okay, they can do this. Maybe I can too. Yeah, right. 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 Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Absolutely. So why don't you start out today by just talking about your son, Micah, and telling us about him? Okay. He was, he was born on May the 22nd, uh, 1994. And, uh, mm-hmm. he, uh, he was everything that I dreamed of since I was a little boy. I'd always wanted to be a dad and, uh, and always wanted to be a husband. And maybe I can give a little bit of my testimony of how I grew up and why that yeah. was so important to me. But, um, he, uh, he came into the world at three fifty-five that morning and, um, absolutely changed my universe. Yeah. I didn't realize what God had given us until it it didn't take long to realize uh, that Micah was, he was a special kid spiritually and he was very smart all the way through his life. He, He showed just the intellect that God had given him was, it was special as well. I didn't have anything to, to go by as far as being a dad. And so mm-hmm. uh, I prayed a lot and I read the Bible a lot. And, uh, I, um, uh, I just started, the Bible says that we're to hide the word of God in our heart. And so I started real early with him, getting him to memorize scripture. And, uh, mm-hmm. the first scripture that I had him memorize was just a, a small verse. And then I realized he took it pretty quick. And so I started doing multiple verses with him and he was understanding what the verses meant. And, um, I'll give you a, a, a for instance, yeah. he was three, three, or I think he was three. <clears throat> we had a situation that took place at church and we lost our pastor who was very close to us and very close to Micah. And, uh, so we were trying to figure out how we were going to break this to him. And uh, so I, I went to work that night. I'm, I'm a, a police officer. I'm retired, but I'm back working part time. But I was working night shift and um, my wife just felt like the Lord had spoke to her heart and said, OK, we need to start trying to break the news that we're not going to have our pastor anymore. And mm-hmm. so Micah's playing. He's just a normal little boy. You know, he's playing. And my wife says, Micah, um, this a situation happened and um, she called our pastor's name. She said, he's not going to be our pastor anymore. And Micah looked up at her, kind of saddened and said, why? And she said, well, situations have happened and, and he's not going to be our pastor anymore. And you're not going to get to see him anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, <laughs> she said, what do you think about that? And then he's playing in the floor and he just, he stood up. And he looked at her and he said, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding and all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path and got back in the floor and started playing. And Becky said, oh, wow. she just, she just kind of puddled into the floor and, uh, and wept and was like, God, I, I can't believe, you know, this little three-year-old is more spiritual than I am. And so that set the tone for the rest of his life. He was just this, he was a normal kid. He was a normal um, teenager, you know, but he, mm-hmm. spiritually he was just different. And um, so anyway, he, he loved John Wayne. He loved, uh, he loved watching John Wayne movies. And I'll never forget. We were watching a particular John Wayne movie where John Wayne dies in the movie. 
And uh, Micah had been watching for several, well, I say several, probably several months, maybe even a year or so. He's watched all these John Wayne movies. And my dad was buying right. John Wayne movies. That's all we watched. And yeah. so John Wayne dies and Micah just, he just has a come apart. Cause he, yeah. <laughs> and I said, Micah, John Wayne died before you were born. You know, he's, he's been, he's been gone a long, long time. And so anyway, we worked through that, but uh, he, um, he grew up very intelligent and loved, he loved information. He just like, just thrived on learning. And so uh, when he graduated high school, the same month, he graduated Bible college with a bachelor's degree in theology. And mm -hmm. so uh, done both of those at the same time. He kept a 4.0 uh, wow. during high school and, and also Bible college. He was playing football and uh, he's a small kid. He never was, big he when he passed away he was five foot six and weighed probably uh maybe 135 140 pounds mm -hmm. he just never was he told me one time he said uh, god knew what he was doing when he didn't give me two more inches he said if i'd have been five eight i'd have ruled the world he <laughs> 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 uh, he um he went on uh, after high school, uh, he started talking about being a police officer. And I said, Micah, you know, right now, it's really not a good idea. You're young. And I said, it was hard for me to make a living, you know, and take care of y'all. I said, I tell you what, I said, if you'll get your nursing degree, I'll, uh, I'll do whatever I can to try to, to get you a job. I said, but if not, I'm going to do everything in my power to keep you out of law enforcement. I said, you have to move far away where people don't know your dad. And so anyway, he, he took my advice and got his nursing degree. And in the midst of that, he said, I don't want to be a police officer. And, uh, had always liked uh, history. And so uh, while he was nursing, he, he said, I, I feel like I need to go back to school and get my, my teaching degree. And so he went back to school and got his teaching degree. And so, I mean, in, in the 27 years that he was here on this earth, he'd done as much or more than anybody that I've ever known. Yeah. Um, he, he, uh, he was my, uh, my associate pastor at church. Uh, he, he led the, the singing. He was the choir director. He was the, uh, youth Sunday school teacher. He, he just had, he wore a lot of hats. He'd done a lot of things. I, I, I preach and I tell people, you need to do something bigger than you. You need to plan on doing something bigger than you so that God can use you before you leave this big mud ball called earth. Yeah. So you need to leave with your plate full and have people scrambling to try to figure out what they're going to do to, to keep everything and make everything happen that you've done. And I didn't realize that I, <laughs> I didn't realize he was going to be the one that would leave and I would be the one having to take care of this full plate. He started a podcast. Oh, really? Uh -huh. The podcast is called Patriotic Preachers. And okay. um, so it was, it was him and another preacher friend of his and then they invited me in after a couple of episodes and so uh we done that together he m me and him started a business prior to him leaving he just he was a really active guy and uh yeah was uh he was very very willing to help we we learned after his passing how many people would come to us and talk about how that micah had uh had helped them and had uh, reached out to him in times that they, they didn't know how he knew that they needed someone at that moment. And he would, he reached out to him. It was so many people 
that he had talked to. This one young lady said that she was depressed and uh, she she had been laying in the bed for days. And she said, Micah just shows up out of nowhere and comes to her house and her dad lets him in and he goes to her bedroom and he said for, you know, a day or two, he just would come and just talk to her. And then one day he came and said, you need to get up and take a bath. You stink. And uh, (laughs) she's, she's like, he's very blunt with me. And, and she said, I remember uh, he went in the living room and she said she called him back into her room when she was getting ready. And she said, she was putting her makeup on. And Micah said, I'm going to walk back into the living room. And she said, you can stay here. And he said, no, it's not proper for a young man who's not married to be sitting in a room with a lady that's putting her makeup on. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, uh, he, that's just that he was just, he was extraordinary. Uh, I yeah. know, uh, you know, everybody thinks that their child is, is just one of kind. And that's a blessing because every single one of them are, they are yeah. so extraordinary in their own way. And, um, Micah, he really put his, his imprint into, uh, into my heart. Well, he put his imprint into lots of people's hearts, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I feel like just you talking about him over these last 10 minutes. I mean, I feel like I know him a little bit and he's impacting me even just in the telling of this story. Yeah, <clears throat> he he was very special, and uh, I wrestled with God. And I know <clears throat> I've, I've listened to you talk and and listened to others. I argued with the Lord, and I was like, yeah. I, "I think you made a mistake." I know that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was. I felt like that I was supposed to be the one to go. And uh, but anyway, I don't know if I've completely got that worked out in my heart, but. Uh, <laughs> You know what? Some days you probably do, and other days you don't, and that's that's yeah. okay. That's yeah, okay. we just agree to disagree, and and when we get to, when I get to heaven, everything will be together, and <laughs> I'll be on God's page. <laughs> I know. Like we are gonna have a talk, right? <laughs> we are gonna have a talk as to what yeah. happened. Yeah, if we get there, everything will be worked out. We I, I know it will, but I like to tell myself that I can have a little discussion about the whole <laughs> yeah, situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know I won't feel that way at the time, but for now, it just makes right me feel good. Yes. <laughs> so why don't you talk now about what did happen to Micah? Okay. it was just um, a few months ago, actually. Yeah, we just celebrated his his year in heaven. Uh, so, and we tried to make it a celebration. Um, but he, uh, he was diagnosed with epilepsy when he was 14 years old. Okay. He had went to a friend's house and he didn't sleep all night. They stayed up like kids do playing video games. And sometime that morning I was working that morning, I was policing and I got a call to go to his friend's house. They said that he had had a seizure in the the ambulance was called. I can't tell you, Marcy, how many times I have been to calls where um, a child or an adult was having a seizure. Mm-hmm. And I, I was trying to, I was trying to be positive and I was trying to be helpful. And I'd say yeah. just, you know, I tell mom or dad or whoever was being affected by it, just, you know, settle down. I've listened, we've, I've been to a bunch of calls like this and it's just a seizure. Everything's okay. You know, you guys yeah. done a great job and all of this. And, and so when I pull up on the scene, 
and I get out of the car and my son is not, he's not in, he's not seizing at the moment, but he's unconscious. Yeah. There's no such thing as just a seizure. Not yeah. when, not when that person is yours. And yeah. so uh, anyway, he, uh, he was diagnosed then and um, he, we finally got it under control with mm-hmm. medication and uh, he, he, he had had it under control for a good long while and he had started teaching and yeah. uh, being a young teacher, he had to do his, his teaching plans and all of that. And so he was burning the candle at both ends and me and his mom were, you know, making sure you're taking your medicine. Yeah. Making sure, you know, you're getting sleep and all of this. And we could just tell that he, he just didn't look right. He looked tired. Um, yeah. I get up that morning. It was on a Tuesday. We'd done the podcast the night before and um, that Tuesday morning, I woke up really early. I couldn't sleep. And normally I just lay there. I, I was like, you know, nor, my, my mindset is, well, if I can't sleep, at least I can lay here and rest. Right. I didn't that morning. I got up and uh, I was sitting in the, the living room and we have an open concept um, home. And Micah, his bedroom is in what used to be a carport. And we had, you know, this put together as a room and he come out of his room into the laundry room and into the kitchen. And so I'm sitting facing the television watching Bonanza. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he comes out from behind me. I could hear him open his door and he said, uh, good morning, pop. I said, good morning, buddy. And he said, you couldn't sleep. And I said, no, something, something was up. I just, I just, you know, I don't feel bad or anything. I just couldn't sleep. And he's like, oh, okay. And so he said, I'm going to go get a shower. I said, all right. I never turned around. And he comes back and, uh, he, uh, he says, I'm, I'm headed out. Pop. I said, okay, buddy. I said, I love you, man. Be careful. And he said, I love you too. And I, I still, I didn't turn around and it yeah. bothered me for a while that I didn't turn around, but, uh, the Lord helped me with it later on. But anyway, that afternoon about two o'clock, he texted his mom as he always did. And he said, what are we having for supper? And uh, uh-huh. so she told him what we were going to have. And um, about 4.30, uh, somewhere around there, my wife comes. I'm sitting in my bedroom in a recliner. And she said, uh, have you heard from Micah? And I said, no. And she said, well, normally he's here by now. And I said, well, you know, maybe he had a, a new teacher meeting or something like that. Something. Yeah. I said, he, you know, if he doesn't come along here in a little bit, you know, I'll we'll do some checking. So a few minutes later, she says, uh, I say a few minutes, probably 10 minutes or so. She said, uh, he's in what a little community South of us called five points. She said, he's right outside of five points. I said, okay, we'll see. He's, he's coming home. So, uh, so we she said like saw the now. GPS or something. That yeah. There, yeah. Or? On yeah. the, on the, the, uh, live 360 find friends. Yeah. She yeah. just yeah. looked and sees where he's at. And so a few minutes later, uh, she said, he's still in the same place. And I was like, okay, and, and real bad cell service down there. So I was like, I'll go check on him. Maybe the cars broke down. So I, I jump in my truck and I take off. And uh, while I'm headed that way, my wife calls me and she's crying. She said, uh, a friend of mine just called and said they heard my, my tag called out over the scanner. I said, look, I'm almost there. When I get there, I'll let you know what's going on. Mike has he had, you know, uh, several wrecks and, um, 
so anyway, I was, I just started praying like I normally did. And, um, I, I pulled up and, um, he, uh, everybody knows us. We're in a small community and I've been policing here for 30 years. So everybody knows me and they know my family. And so I pull up and there's a fireman in the road. And, and I said, I, I think Mike has been involved in this wreck. I said, can I, can I go around and go down? And he said, he just looked at me and his eyes kind of got wide and he said, Micah. And I said, yeah, I think, I think Micah's in the wreck. And he said, I'm sorry. Yeah. And so I was like, well, you know, he said, go ahead and go. And I went around and I really, I started praying then and I pulled up and they told me that he had, uh, he had died instantly. He had had a seizure, went across the center line and hit a car head on. And, uh, or hit a truck head on and uh, he died on the scene. Oh. Just so horrible. Just yeah. So horrible. Yeah. I, you know, I, being a pastor, being a, a preacher, I've taught with so many parents that have lost children and yeah. I just never thought I would be. No. <laughs> in a million years, I never thought I would be part of this club. No. The only club I've ever known, every member comes in kicking and screaming. Uh, yeah. I never thought that I would be a member of this this club, but uh, here we are. Yeah, here we are. I mean, me too, right? I mean, as yeah. a pediatrician, I certainly have been around families whose children have died, um, but never, ever did I think it would be me. I just didn't. Yeah. And honestly, I think I've said this on the podcast before. It's 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 silly and ridiculous to think this, but, you know... When I was growing up, both my parents had cancer. My mom died when I was in college. Like, I had a lot of bad stuff um, happen. And I sort of kind of thought that I had mine. Like, that God wouldn't do that to me for some reason, right? <laughs> that that God made those teenage years really hard for me to have to go through grief and loss and cancer and all of that stuff, you know, with my family. Not with me personally, but with my family. And I just kind of thought I had had my bad things and that somehow the this part of my life would be better, you know, and yeah. and I wouldn't have tragedy hit again. But it doesn't work like that. Right. I, I grew up. Um, my dad was a very abusive alcoholic. He, my mom had eight kids. Um, him and her together had eight children and. Uh, they stayed married the entire time they were alive. And my dad hated me. He absolutely despised me. He blamed the death of his brother on me. And I wasn't born. I was, uh, I was still in the womb. And uh, he, he refused to come to the hospital when I was born. And uh, the physical abuse started when I was seven. And uh, the emotional abuse and the physical abuse was there my entire life. He, um, to get a break on rent, he had me work for a, uh, a known, I want to be very careful how I say this. Cause I'm, I'm really blunt when I talk and I don't want to be, <laughs> I want to be very, <laughs> a man who was, who he knew to be dangerous to children. Yeah. And, um, he put me in harm's way to, to get a break on rent. And, uh, I got molested. 
uh, as a 13 year old boy. And, uh, you know, my whole life was just, it was just, it was awful. It was, it was an awful existence. And at 12 years old, I, uh, I wanted to be a daddy. Um, that's all I ever wanted. And when Micah came into the world, I thought this is the payoff, you know, I'm going to, right. I'm going to have a little boy and um, there's not going to be a day that will pass that he'll have to question whether or not his daddy loves him. And uh, I've done everything in my power to make sure that he had a better life. And my two girls came and, and I've done the same with them. And I don't know, I guess it's just, (laughs) it's just pride. You know, I just thought, okay, I've had my time and I'm, yeah. I'm like, a, I'm like a pretty good dad. So yeah. th- it's not going to happen. And, right. and when it did, it, it absolutely took everything. It, yeah. it, 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 I've been preaching for 30 years and uh, a month before my son died, God told me, God spoke to my heart and said that Micah was not going to live to be an old man. And, you know, when you get thoughts like that, <clears throat> yeah. you just, you put, you push them away. I'm like, Ooh, you know, why in the world would I think like that? So right. anyway, it just, it just kept coming to the point where I knew it was not just a fleeting thought. It was the Lord speaking to me. And yeah. so it was so pressing. I told my wife a week and a half before he died. And, uh, and then a week before he died, I told my girls what God had told me. And I didn't, re- I didn't understand it. Um, I, I, I had no idea it was going to be a week. I thought yeah, it was going to be, he was going to die at 45, 55, 65, yeah. you know. Um, but anyway, I, the night that he died, everything that I believe went away. It all yeah. left. It escaped me. I didn't believe in God. I didn't believe in heaven or hell. I didn't believe in anything. It all just went away. It was like I was standing on nothing. And I cried out. I say I didn't believe in God, but I cried out to him. Yeah. And I said, you have got to make me believe I, it's, it's gone. Everything that I have, everything that I've stood on, everything that I've held my life together with is gone. My faith is gone. And uh, the Lord spoke to my heart so kind and so gentle. He said, that's why I told you a month ago that he was yeah. going to leave because I knew where you would be tonight. Yeah. And it was like <clears throat> everything rushed back in all at one time. And I remember I was standing outside and I was looking up and I saw the stars. And I know this is going to sound really strange, but I reached up with my hand. And I remember it was my physical hand because I, I saw my wedding band. And God let me touch a star yeah. in my spirit. And the Lord said, he's not that far away. He's just beyond this veil. And um, that helped. Yeah. It's just beautiful hearing you say that because, you know, we had, I'm, I've shared this on the podcast many times and uh, that when Andy was like about seven years old, he had drawn this picture and in the picture he wasn't in the picture. And when I questioned him about that, he had said he wasn't going to grow up all the way and oh, that he yeah. would be in heaven. And, um, 
And I, I like, like you, I knew it was true. Yeah. Like, I just knew it was true. I knew that God had somehow told him that he wasn't going to grow up all the way and that it was true to the point where I immediately, all I kept thinking in my head was no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. I threw the picture in the trash, but I told my best friends. I told my husband. I told people because I knew in my heart that it was true. So it was like, you know, it was like you, and, yeah. but that it was out of, that it was out of Andy's mouth um, that it came. But I, I mean, after Andy died that night, Eric and I talked about the picture, you know, at his, at his funeral service, I spoke about the picture, about knowing that it was going to happen. And it happened just like that. Just like how you said, you know, he wasn't going to grow up to be an old man. He, he grew up to be a man. He did, you know, he just didn't grow up and like with Andy he said he wasn't going to grow up all the way and that's exactly what happened he was a teenager in the middle of puberty didn't grow up all the way um yep. just grew up part way and those are it's a gift for sure but it's a gift that I didn't want at first <laughs> and that I certainly fought against but it is a beautiful thing to have been given just knowing then, I mean, I knew, just as you knew, that Andy was in God's hands. Yeah. Because yeah. God knew. Right. God knew. And God knew with Micah. And so you could know then. Although, right, I mean, kicking and screaming for sure. I mean, I've, mm. I certainly feel that too. Yeah. I, it, it it helps, you know, at times, but then there are times when nothing, nothing that you can say, nothing you can remember, nothing helps. It's right. just, yeah, I've heard on the podcast and I've heard in several uh, talking to other people, the, the different um, ways that people describe grief and I'm one of those that describe grief as waves. And yeah. when, when the wave of grief hits me, I've learned to just let it take me. Yeah. You know, if you start fighting it, the more I fight against it, the worse it is for me. And it, and it just reminds me of being in, in the, in the ocean. And when the, a wave grabs you, if you'll just, if you'll just let it carry you, um, it's a lot easier to stay above water. If you let it, just let it carry you. If you start trying to fight with it, it's going to pull you under. And, uh, right. and so it took me a little while to learn that. Um, it took a lot of, a lot of prayer and a lot of time, but, uh, when they come, when, 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 when grief comes, it's very unforgiving. It just, it just attacks and it's, it's ruthless. And I'm just very thankful that I know now that there's going to come an end and um, it's not going to last forever, but it yeah. sure does feel like it's going to. It really does. It does. <laughs> it does. And there are times when it's scary to feel like I don't want to start crying now because if I start, I'll never stop. But yeah. You, <laughs> you always but you stop. You do stop. You do stop. <laughs> yeah. And usually you feel a little bit better after you've stopped, right? To have gotten mm -hmm. some of that weight off. Yeah. But it does it's feel a sometimes. It's a, it's a gift. I, when, when I lost my mom, 
my, my mother passed away in 1999 and uh, I was pastoring at the time. And I was, I didn't know a whole lot about grief at that moment. And uh, when you lose your mom, there's just something about it. My, I was closer to my dad than I was my mom, especially in the end part of his life. We, he had gotten saved and, and everything was like, we had a lot of harmony, just me and him. And, um, but when my mom That's passed beautiful away, after that history, yeah, wow. yeah. After my mom passed away, it was like part of me died. And so I pushed it off. I put it away. I didn't go through the emotions like I should. And then in October of that year, I'm laying in the floor of my home, holding my chest. My heart's broken. And I'm like, what is, what's happened? What's going yeah. on? You know, it can't be my mom. She passed away so long ago. Now it's been nine months and, and, and now coming into Micah, I'd lost my dad a year and a half to the day after my mom. And, uh, I, I learned a little bit more about grief there. And, but I told the Lord, I said, I've got to handle this correctly because yeah. I can't, I can't go through this. I, I can't put this up. And then months or years later, it comes back. I, I can't because it's, I, I won't survive it. It's too, yeah. this is too big. This is too heavy. This is too dark. So I just embrace grief. I just yeah. embrace it. When it comes, I don't fight it. Uh, if I'm at work, I tell people that I'm with. Um, being a school resource officer, I've, I've told all the, the faculty, if I start crying, if, if I begin to get emotional, there's nothing new wrong. Yes. It's just um, I'm hurting and there's nothing you can say to fix it. Just let me ride out the wave and I'll try to get out of the way. I'll, 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 I'll leave if I need to. And I've come and told the chief of police I'm in his office actually today. Uh, I, I told him, um, I, I just need to go home. Uh, I'm no good yeah. right now. And I love how you d say that though. Just let me, just let me yeah. ride it out. Yeah. It is so important to do that. And so many people don't feel comfortable with that. They feel like, oh, gosh, I better try to say something to make him feel better right now. What can I say yeah. to kind of cheer him up and to get him out of this funk that he's in? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I love how you kind of prep people in that way. Yeah, it's it's a gift. I hope that I cry every day. I hope I do. I hope I cry every day for the rest of my life. Um, it's um, it's it's a gift from, from God. And, uh, I, I actually I remember very specifically having a day where I realized at the end of the day that I hadn't cried all day and it actually made me feel bad. Yeah. Yeah. It made me cry because I thought, what kind of mother am I if I'm not still crying every day? Like I should cry every day forever, but you know, sometimes you don't. And yeah. Some days are better, and that's okay too. Exactly right. You know, you, you get in conversations with people, and they have this preset notion of how you're supposed to respond. <laughs> like yeah. what they they bring your child up, and they think, okay, uh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm I'm sorry. It's like it, it his name's a bad word. I'm like, no, <laughs> Micah's good. That it makes yeah. me feel good that you're talking yeah. about him. Right. But they have this preconceived notion of how I'm supposed to respond. And when I don't respond, it's, it's really exhausting when you're talking to people because they, they have this preconceived notion 
of you're supposed to cry or it's been a year you're not supposed to cry. Yeah. And, and I'm like, look, this is too laboring. Can I just, can I just be dad? Can I just be, you know, can I, can I just be me? And you just accept whatever, whatever response you get. If I cry, you know, don't, don't think that you have done anything wrong. You know, yeah. number one, um, sometimes I cry and it's, it's good. It's not, it's not a bad emotion. It's not grief. It's just, I'm thinking about something. When somebody says, I, I watched a video the other day of Micah preaching and uh, he was, maybe he was preaching on teaching. Uh, and I remember what, yeah. what, what he was saying. And, and I start crying and they're like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm so, no, 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 it's, it's okay. Either way, if I'm crying because I'm grieving or if I'm crying because I'm, uh, you know, happy, what, there's nothing you can do to make this worse. Right. 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 I mean, I'm, <laughs> grief is ever with me. Uh, the, the Bible describes the Lord Jesus as a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And um, I, my life, it, it has two parts. Yeah. My, my childhood, I thought that was pain. Yeah. Pain was introduced to me on September the 28th of 2021. I was introduced to pain when I lost my son. And uh, for a moment, you know, it's just temporal, a temporal loss, but uh, I won't see him anymore on this side. And uh, the Bible says that we're not to give any thought for tomorrow. A really good way to do that and be able to handle it is uh, lose your child. Because if I think about tomorrow too much, I go 30 years. And I can't imagine living without him for 30 years. I cannot imagine 365 days that I just went through over and over and over for 30 years. So I don't think that way. Yeah. God doesn't give me grace for tomorrow and he doesn't give me grace for yesterday. Those are two places that I can never go. Those are impossibilities. Two days that I will never be able to enter into is yesterday and, to and tomorrow. God gives me grace for the day. And uh, sometimes he gives me grace for the moment. And so I just, I, I just carry along and sometimes he has to carry me. A lot of times he has to carry yeah. me. Well, and it is, it's just living a day at a time, sometimes an hour at a, at a time, right? Mm -hmm. Because those thinking ahead, thinking too far ahead is so painful. Absolutely. It, it really is. And the moment is, that's, that's all we have anyway. And so when you, when you live in the moment, when my girls, when I'm with my girls now, I'm with my girls. Yeah. When, you know, when I'm with someone like right now, I'm spending time with you. It's just you. I'm, I'm, I'm sharing me with you because this is a moment in time that I'll never get again. It's, this is a gift. And uh, what a blessing to have the technology. I would have never been able to meet you. I mean, our paths will never cross. I'm in Alabama and you're way up there. Uh, our paths yeah. would never cross like that. But uh, what a blessing it is to... To, to get to spend time today with someone, it helps. And I know you have said this over and over again, and so is Gwen and several. It helps to know, even though you don't know what I'm going through. And I know you don't, because I don't even know what my wife is going through. Right, right. Like, I, it's it's Even it's when crazy, you're grieving the same person, you're not going through the yeah, same thing. Yeah, she's the closest thing in this world 
to knowing what I'm going through, but I have no clue. I'm not a mama. And so I don't know her, her, her grief is much different, but it, it does help that I'm in the same room with her and she understands. And the same thing goes here. You understand. And those that are, that will listen in the future, you understand where I am. And, uh, we're part of this. We, we are ever knit together with yep. the circumstances of this life. And yep. whether we want to be or not, here we are. I want to talk a little bit now about your daughters because, um, so on a recent episode that I did with Gwen, we talked about them a little bit and about a really amazing song that they wrote. Um, well, that your daughter Katie wrote, right? Yes. After yes. after Micah died, right after Micah died. And then they sang that song. So I want you to talk about that um, and what that was like and just what they have been um, okay. going through a little bit too. Um, my daughters, uh, they are, both of them are, um, they're in the service of the Lord. They, they just like Micah, they, they, they help at church. My daughter is, uh, my daughter, Katie was my piano player at the time. And, uh, my daughter Ansley now is my piano player. Cause my daughter, Katie, Katie had to go to, uh, she had to leave and, and finish her master's degree. She's back now, but anyway, um, they're very musically inclined and, but beautiful, beautiful voices God has given yes. them and their harmony. Yes. It's just like I, I, my, my pastor said that uh, sibling harmony comes from fighting in the backseat of a car. And so, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, we, uh, we, Micah died on a Tuesday and we buried him on a Friday and Sunday, you know how, when, when grief hits a home, the people that are in the community, family, friends, church that, I mean, you are bombarded with, um, yeah. with people and, uh, which is a good thing. I'm, yeah. I'm very thankful yeah. for my community and I'm very thankful for my family. But, um, that Sunday we had, um, went to church that morning and I didn't take any time off. I, I preached that Sunday morning, uh, after Micah died, after doing his funeral that Friday, uh, Katie got up and spoke at his funeral and I could tell God, God done something amazing for her through this. She was going through something prior to it started in July and she really got close to the Lord. And uh, if you have an opportunity to go on my Facebook page and go back to September of, or October of last year, the first part of October, his, his funeral service, she gets up and speaks and it's amazing. I mean, she just, God used her my brother and myself preached, but God used Katie. He really did. And so anyway, that Sunday afternoon, um, sitting on the front porch where I had been sitting for the past week, people coming and going, I just spent a lot of time on the front porch of my house, which is right across the street from my church. And, uh, so Katie comes out and I'm sitting on the front porch with my sister and her husband. And, uh, she said, I'm going to go across the street for a little while. And, I said, okay. And so she goes to the church and lit, like 45 minutes later, she calls me and she said, uh, I've written another song. No, she didn't say that. She said, God has given me another song. And I said, like, 
said, one you've been working on? She said, no, God gave me a song since I've been over here. So 45 minutes, she's got this song. And she said, do you want to hear it? And I said, well, absolutely. And so I told my sister, I said, Katie's written a song since she's been over there. And so we walked across the street and uh, she, for the first time she sings, live to fight another day to us. And it absolutely blew me away. The, the words of the song that God had given her was, it was just, I, I didn't realize what kind of gift it was until months later. Uh, and I don't think she realized what it was. I think people around us realized that people that were listening to it, seeing us from the outside, um, I think they were, I think they realized it more than we did of the strength that it took for this young lady to open her heart up and let God pour those words in. And then uh, it was like, and and it's a beautiful song. I'm oh, like yes. emotional now because I, I just got done listening to it again. I've listened to it several times, but I just got done listening to it again before we started recording because I thought, I just feel like I need to listen to the, and then both of your daughters are singing it. And, um, but it's just a song about, about being in pain and, and needing God and, and, um, and that's the song that I, that has meant a lot to me is there's a song that it's, I need you. Oh, I need you every hour. I need you. Yes. Um, and, and that's the song that would go through my mind again and again, because I just felt like, I just don't know how to go on. I just, I, I need God to help me because I can't do it myself. And I felt like that was so much of what that song was. Like, I can't do this by myself. You know, I need, I need God. Um, Anyway, it's beautiful, beautiful. So go on with your story. I just had to interject a little bit with the words. I don't, I don't know the exact day, but I know it was within the the next couple of weeks. It was the, the next week or the week after we were having a citywide revival. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people didn't think that we would even, we would come because, right. you know, Mike had just passed away, but you know, what else do you do? You know, right. you, you're, you're trying to get back into some type of normalcy and, and that church is our, that's our life. You know, I'm, if I'm not preaching, we're going to church services. There's a lot of revivals that take place down here in the South. And it's, it, what it is, it's a week of meeting. You have church on Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, and, and different churches have them. And so we just, that's, that's been our life um, since they were born nine months before they were born, they were in church. And so it was just, it was our attempt of trying to find some normalcy. And, um, the, the, the guy that was over the music for the revival reached out to Katie prior to Micah dying and asked if the girls could come and sing. And she said she would. And so Micah dies and he reaches out to her and he says, look, I understand if y'all if you can't come, if you can't sing. And um, so Katie comes to me and she said, we are still going to go, right? I said, yeah, that's my plan. And so 
she said, do you think that me and Ansley need to sing? And I said, baby, that's up to y'all. You, yeah, you, you right. pray about that. I'm not going to put that kind of pressure on you. I said, but if you can, then, you know, I'm not do whatever you feel like you need to do. Yeah, right. So anyway, the girls sang and it absolutely. And they sang that song. They sang that song. And that it was, was uh, it was, it was great. It, it really was. God used it. And I think he helped some people. That day yeah with it. yeah and so, i think so too the cd yeah. that i'm gonna send you has got that song and it's, it's also got another she's she wrote three songs that's on that particular cd i think she's somewhere 14 or 15 songs she's written now but um she wrote another song a few months after that with it, it deals with the same thing she told me one time she said maybe one day god will let me write a happy song and I said well you know <laughs> maybe so <laughs> but uh you know a lot of like the song that you were talking about a moment ago uh, yeah. I need to every hour that that come from pain the the, yeah. the the man or the lady who pinned those words down and I don't know the particular story but I know the song and I <laughs> my spirit says the person that wrote that song was they've been introduced to grief at some point in time in their life. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because um, that song means a lot to me. It's one that, ha that I've kind of clung to. And then I went to, I, so I went to Bible study, went to Bible, back to Bible study in person this year. We had kind of done it virtually with the pandemic. And because it just was hard for me to go to like a regular Bible study, I do grief support groups and I can be in Christian grieving moms. But in some ways, just a regular Bible study can be a little challenging, um, especially depending on what, what you're studying. So um, we're studying then the Old Testament. And I always have a struggle with that because I feel like in the Old Testament very much it's like, you do got what God wants, God blesses you. You mess up, God curses you. And it's a lot of that. And um, that I have a hard time with, right? Because then it then yeah. I don't think that God that Andy died to punish me or to right, punish right. Andy or to, to punish anyone. It's just sometimes you can be doing the right things and horrible things still happen. Um, yeah. So anyway, that's why sometimes it can be hard for me to go. To Bible study. So I went and the first week I didn't say a word the whole time. And then we have a lecture portion. It's, it's a, it's BSF Bible study, Bible study fellowship. So we're in the lecture and I like cried the whole time and it was, it was bad. And I didn't even know about going back the next week, but I got up and I went back the next week and we had our little discussion group. And then we go in and they always sing two songs. And the first song they sang that day was I need you. Oh, yeah. And I knew that I was in the right place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? God put his signature on it. And I actually talked to Heather, the woman who picked up the song and who leads the song. And I said, I told her that story and how I needed to hear that song. And what's funny is just earlier that day, I'd listened to, or a couple days ago, I'd listened to a podcast that my friend Chrissy, who's been on this podcast, was on a different one while we're waiting podcast. And they talked about what songs are important to you. And I was thinking, well, that's the song that's important to me. And then I show up at Bible study and they're singing that song. And she said, yeah, sometimes I really struggle with what song to pick out for a week. But for some reason this week, I knew that was the right song. 
And I said, yeah, that was the right song because that was the song for me. And that, you know what I mean? Like, anyway, sometimes God just works those little things. And sometimes it's just somebody picking out the right song to let you hear at the right time to let you know to keep on coming. And I have not had a day where I felt like maybe I shouldn't go to Bible study since then. Right? Because I felt like, you know, God wants me to be here. I'm going to be here. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so I I loved hearing that song, but then Gwen and I also talked about how, you know, you have those mountaintop moments, but then you have the other ones too, where the waves take you. Yeah. And so uh, your girls were on a mountaintop moment singing, but it's not always the mountaintop moment, right? And so that's why I love talking to you today. And hearing you talk about that, the mountaintops are—they're—they're they're wonderful, and I—and I appreciate the mountains that yeah. God allows us to 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 go on. But it's not realistic to believe that you can live on top of a mountain. Nothing grows on top of a mountain, yeah. you know. It's, um, the Bible in the Book of Psalms twenty-three, the Bible says, "The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures." He leadeth me beside the still waters. Well, still waters are not on a mountaintop. Still waters are in a valley, you know, and, and I understand, you know, the, uh, these people who are a lot smarter than me, they talk about the, the green pastures not being what we would think of green pastures. They were just little spots of grass, maybe on the side of a mountain and in a, a meadow or whatever. But um, I've grown so much in the valleys of my life. Um, I went into each one of them, I guess, kicking and screaming, especially yeah. this last one. Um, but God has taught me so much in those moments. Um, he's, it's amazing. If you, if you read that Psalm, the Bible says that God inhabits the praises of Israel. David's writing that Psalm and just listen to what he says. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. He's talking to somebody. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, everything changes. Yeah. Thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. He goes from talking to someone, praising the Lord in a, a moment of time where he is struggling and God keeps his promise. He shows up. So David goes from talking to whoever he's talking to, to talking to God. Thou art with me, thy rod, thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest the table for me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's amazing how God does that. You go to the Bible study and the Lord puts a signature on it. Yeah. You you go and just your presence being there after what you've been through, just your presence is praising God. When you step into the door, the Lord says, I'm going to give you something special for that. And he inhabits that praise. Well, especially because it was hard. It's hard. It's yeah. not an easy thing to do. It's right. not. It's not. Mm-mm. And, you know, some of... 
some of my listeners are more familiar with the Bible and some probably are not. But a beautiful thing to know about David, too, who wrote that psalm, is that he lost his little boy. He He watched his his own son die. And so this is a guy who knows pain. Absolutely. And when he talks about the valley of the shadow of death, he knows that valley. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Exactly. And, and, I, the, and that, it means more, actually, when you know that, when uh-huh. you know that this man has seen pain and yet still can pr- bring praise. And, and no doubt there's somebody that, that will listen to the podcast because this is how I found you. I, I, was de- I was desperate. I needed someone to talk to me that understood. And I realized when I reached out, and started looking you were the only one there there's 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 not a lot of podcasts there, out there that there do are this, some right? others there are some others <laughs> yeah yeah and so i i was like where where's where, where are the podcast and so anyway uh there there's somebody out there that uh maybe you're blaming yourself maybe listen i don't i don't know who's listening yeah honestly there may be someone who done something foolish they feel like they've done something reckless and their child died because of that that's what david done yeah he'd done something foolish and because of his foolish act his child died but yet he was still able to get to a place in his life where god was able to fix it god was able to give him peace you know, and, and that's all we want in this, yes. especially in the world of grief. God, just give me a space of a grace. A little bit I of peace. Think, yes. I just, mm-hmm. just, just something Just stop the, stop my mind. It's just racing, you know, all the time. I, I want to just turn it off sometimes. And so I don't know who is out there and who may listen to this in the future, but wh- whoever and you, you know, are. I think too, when I talk to moms and I send them messages and um and like if they're having an anniversary day or birthday or something going on I will say I you know I pray for moments of peace for you today right yeah. because that is a gift if you can have some moments of peace mm-hmm. you know? no doubt and that's all we can do because we can't have peace all the time but if we can have some moments where we feel more at peace it's a blessing one of the things I just, I wanted to make sense of it all. You know, I, I, so my whole, my whole existence for 30 years has been service of the Lord. And I just needed God to make me understand why, you know, and I don't know if we'll ever get the full why I, I, I reckon my son's life to, Paul, Paul said in first Timothy chapter number four, verse number seven, well, verse six says, he said, I'm now ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand. And then verse seven, he said, I've fought a good fight. I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. Micah lived his life for 27 years and he finished. Yeah. Most of us, most of us waste half of our life. And then we start trying to serve God, the end part, the latter part of our life. Micah started serving God. The month. He got saved at three years old, you know, and I know that's hard to believe, but he, he, 
he yeah. he trusted Jesus at three and lived his whole life for him and then goes to heaven. And so I'm trying to make sense of it. And, and I said, I'm struggling for months. And I said, God, I, I just need for you to make me understand this. Why? And yeah. the spirit of God spoke to my heart and he said, I, I'm, I just answered your prayer. And I thought, God, I have never, I have never asked you to take my son. And this is what the Lord spoke to me. God said, didn't you say that you would have taken his epilepsy? And I said, Lord, I would have taken it in a minute. Yeah. And he said, didn't you say that you would have taken his depression? Micah battled depression his entire life. Um, and I said, God, I would have taken it in a minute. And he said, if he would have been diagnosed with cancer, would you have come to me and said to me the same words, God, I, I, if you'll let me, I'll take it. And I said, Lord, I would have said that. And God said, let me tell you what you've done. Michael went to heaven and he'll never know the pain that you know. He will never lose a child. You did. Yeah. Michael will never lose his father. You did. Michael will never know the pain of losing his mother. You did. Everything that you asked for, I granted. He was a very special young man. And I took him from this world before he could feel any of the pain that you're feeling right now. And I said, Lord, that's acceptable. Thank you. And when the waves of grief come, even that doesn't help. It just, I just have to make my way through it. God carries me through it. But when I'm thinking straight and I'm allowing the Lord to, uh, to, to let my mind think right, I think on those types of things, how he told me before and how he carried me in times when I didn't, I couldn't make sense of anything. And then I think uh, I, I want him back so bad. Yeah. Um, I would give anything to hear him, to be able to talk to him. Yeah. There's a lot of things that I disagree with the Lord on. One of the things is we don't have a telephone to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> just once a year, if I could just maybe once a year. But uh, we'll hash all that out when I get to heaven and it won't matter then. But he was a very special young man and I love him enough on this side. If, if it took me having to go through it with, to keep him from going through it, then that's okay. That's sufficient. But I, t I told God... I said, even though I said that, I would say that about my girls as well. God, I, I pray. <laughs> Do I don't know that. what the future holds. And, and I'm, I, I've realized that I'm nothing special. And I would not be the first person to lose two children or three children or, or, or even lose my spouse and children. Yeah. I hope and pray that that's not your plan. But if it is your plan at some point in time in the future, I'll go in kicking and screaming just like I'm doing with this one, but I hope and pray that I can find the same grace and I have enough spiritual understanding at that moment to know that you just, you always do right. No matter what I think, yeah. no matter how hard it is, you 
always do right. Well, I just want to thank you, Derek, because this has been a beautiful conversation and I have learned so much from you. Thank you so, so much. Well, I'm, I'm very thankful for you and I'm thankful that you answered a very hard call to put this podcast together. Um, I'm thankful to your husband who challenged you to do this and um <laughs> I'm, I, I've listened to a lot of your podcasts. Um, the, mo the, the most special one to me is because it was the, it was the day that I, that I really needed someone. Yeah. You and your husband were there. And you were there way before I needed you because you answered a call. And uh, there was somebody in Alabama who you had no idea that you were going to talk to. Please tell your husband for me, thank you for giving me hope. Just with that one phrase that he said, you know, and probably just a fleeting thought. I know that he's, he's thought about that several times, but maybe I'm sure he probably didn't even plan on saying that the way he said it, but God used it to heal me. I'm, I'm forever indebted. You told me this before we started recording, but what was that phrase again that impacted you so much? He said, <clears throat> I, I wish I could remember the exact words, but he, he was talking about, he said the day that he woke up and he anticipated the future, he anticipated tomorrow, he realized, it was like he realized that his whole life would not be anticipating dying, you know. For a long time, that's all I wanted to do was die. I was like, God, I cannot exist like this for 30 years. I can't wake up every day and say, is today the day? Do I die today? Do I get to die today? And when he said he anticipated tomorrow, I thought, wow, I'm going to get to do that. How small, you know, how small that is to the rest of the world, but to someone who is grieving. Just to be able to say, well, you know, tomorrow we're going to do this and anticipate it. I'm going to go back and listen to your to his <laughs> words and, and have them down. If, if you've not listened to the first podcast, whoever's listening to this, if you've never listened to the first podcast, go to the first one and listen to that one. A lot of good stuff. I've listened to a, a lot of your podcasts. I haven't listened to all of them because there's, there's a lot of them out there. Now. Yeah. yeah. But uh, the first one is... Uh, for me, it it was just like the song when you walked in the door and she had that song. God knew what I needed that day. I was hopeless. It was, you know, I was I was drowning. I was fighting the wave. And uh, when he said that, I just, in that wave, I just said, okay, you know, let it carry me. And so I'm forever indebted to you and your husband. I can't wait for the day that I get to meet Andy. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. because he made all of this possible. And I know if you had to make the choice, somebody else can do the podcast. There's always somebody else, you know, somebody, somebody told me that one day they said, well, you know, Mike is in a good place and you wouldn't want him back if you could have him back. And I said, you lost your mind. <laughs> <laughs> I would have him back today. 
Lazarus had to die twice. You know, yeah. God raised Lazarus <laughs> from the dead. Michael wouldn't be the first one to have to die twice. Oh, I would have him back today. He would come back today, you know. <laughs> and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. If God said, okay, here's your choice. Micah can stay in heaven or he comes back. Well, he comes back, bring him back. And, and Micah can be mad at me the rest of his life. That's okay. But, you know, it, but anyway, that's selfish. That, but I know, but uh, that's, that's okay. That's Cause that's, that's your truth. And that's, <laughs> that's, that's what I love. That's what I love. All right. Thank you again so much, Derek. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I hope you have a wonderful day. God bless you. for listening. If you found this helpful and would like to support the podcast, please leave a five-star rating and comment. To help financially, you can text Andy's Mom to the number 53555 or visit the donate page on andysmom.com. Your donations are secure and tax-deductible, and we are now able to accept Venmo, PayPal, and Apple Pay. Always Andy's Mom is a registered 501c3 organization and can receive donations through smile.amazon.com, Thrive in Financial, and Benevity, amongst others. Marcy loves hearing from listeners. Please feel free to reach out to her via email at marcy at andysmom.com. Also, be sure to sign up for the email list to receive weekly updates as well as pictures of all of Marcy's guests and their children. Together, let's work to inspire hope one day at a time.